Hi, I'm Shoji Naito, and you are listening to Talking Blues. You come from Toyota, Japan. Yes. Which would be the city、yeah. that Toyota comes from. Yeah. But it wasn't called Toyota initially, right? Right. Toyota took it over. Right. So tell me, did your family work at Toyota? No, my family.、Um, my mother's brother did, but、uh, not, not my parents.、Okay. But I presume a lot of people do. Yeah. This yeah. is where they make the cars. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was it like growing up in Toyota, Japan?、Um, it's not a big city. Uh, it wasn't. It might be right now. But,、um, it It's like half a million people, wasn't it? There's a lot of people living there, but、uh, the city itself isn't that big. Okay. So the nearest biggest big city is Nagoya City.、Um, but I didn't get to go to Nagoya that much. So、um, when I was growing up, it was, there were a lot of farms around. Oh, okay. And still developing. Changing like、uh, every year. Have you been back recently? Yeah, I visit, I go home about once every other year or so. Oh, and there's still a lot of family there?、Mm-hmm. My parents are still there. Okay.、Yeah. So, at what point or another, music came into your life? So, I didn't, <laughs> my family didn't really play music or listen to music that much.、Um, I didn't really. Start playing music until I was 15. Okay. And this would have been guitar first?、Um, so I went to my friend house, a friend's house, and、uh, he had a u- ukulele. Okay. And he was playing, showing me a few chords, and、uh, I decided to try. So I bought one, and that's how I started playing music. What would you have played? What kind of songs well, would you have played? It's just super simple songs.、Right. Was, I just bought one instruction book. There were some folk songs in there.、Mm-hmm. I don't remember the songs.、Um, just the strumming few chords.、Yeah. And, but a few, few months later, I think I bought a guitar.、Um, some of my friends were playing guitar and they were showing me. I was practicing borrowing <laughs> guitar and then practicing, and I decided to buy my own.、Um, What would you have been listening to at that point? So it was the music was all pop,、uh, local pop music, Japanese pop. And a、um, bunch of mo- most of my friends were playing some of those songs. Right? Yeah. So when did blues come into your life? So I think I was.、Um, Maybe six months or so later, one of my friends gave me cassette tapes. And、uh, blue, one was Robert Johnson, and also another Muddy Waters cassette tape, and also Howling Wolf. So those three cassette tapes. <laughs> Good places to start. <laughs> yeah, I, had, I didn't know anything about it, but I just、uh, started listening. Then I, somehow, somehow I liked it. The sound. Did, did it hit you immediately?、Um, now that I know, when I was in second grade or so, my neighbor took me to watch the movie Crossroads. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I. And I, 
I don't remember most of the movie, um, but uh, I think now I know that maybe I liked the music then, mm-hmm. but I until so that was second grade, so ten year ten years old, no, eight years old. Yeah, yeah, it's a great and movie. Seven years later, <laughs> I heard the same music because that was mostly Robert Johnson yeah. music, right? Yeah. I mean, and Robbie maybe. Johnson isn't easily accessible, I don't think, to especially younger kids. You know what I mean? It's not simple yeah. blues. I mean, I think it's quite complicated. There's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. But of the three, did you connect with Robert Johnson more so than the others? Or Yeah, somehow. So for some reason, I liked uh, his uh, Robert Johnson music. I, although I understood none of the song, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, because it would be, I would think, very difficult to decipher or to, to, to learn how to play that. Yeah. Of course, I didn't learn to play right away. No. It took me a long time, yeah. I mean, to play the blues. But right. But it was enough, those three albums were enough to make you want to learn more about the blues. Yeah. So how did you do that? I was just listening. I didn't have a lot of other things, so I just, kept playing those cassette tapes right um and uh oh i was also trying to play harmonica too (laughs) (laughs) but uh, not the blues harmonica just uh so i was playing guitar a little bit japanese pop songs yeah some of the yeah whatever the songs that people were showing me right some of the rock classic rock songs from the u.s also but i it's just like every everybody else. I'm I knew like bits and pieces of the yeah, many yeah. songs. I think I met some people and tried to play together as a band. And okay. I, I was looking for people and uh, I met few people who wanted to play the blues, and they knew more than me. They knew how to play. And this is still in Toyota Japan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So with the harmonica, mm-hmm. what were you playing on the harmonica? Pop songs or folk songs? More like folk songs, little kids' melodies and stuff. And did did these instruments come easy to you? I thought I thought I was learning pretty good, but I don't know. (laughs) I'm glad that there's no YouTube videos of that. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think I was playing that good. But and uh, so, what point you join your friends' bands or you start playing the blues with your friends? Mm -hmm. At what point do you think? I want to become a musician. Or does that come much later? Much later, yeah. I I was just playing because it was fun. And I didn't know much. I was just uh, playing. And were there a lot of playing opportunities in Japan? No, not, not uh, in front of people. Right. Mostly practicing in rental studios we just get together once a month once a week and uh, just play loud music in the studio <laughs> okay so at one point or another you decide that you want to move to Chicago I yeah. mean I don't know if there's anything between before that so that's about five years I was I I was 15 I, when I started playing music and then I think I was t- around 20 years old when I wanted to play more. And and your thinking was, 
that you wanted to learn the, at this point by this point are you thinking I want to be playing the blues yeah okay and yeah. then thinking that to learn the blues I have yeah, to yeah I, I think I'm more like I wanted to learn more about the blues and that, le- that led you to coming to Chicago yeah which is a pretty big move <laughs> Yeah. Right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you tell your parents I'm going to Chicago to learn the blues. <laughs> Is that the way it works? Well, I came here to um, visit for a few months first. I think I was 19. Right. But the first time, I, what I didn't know was I couldn't get into any clubs oh, <laughs> when okay, I was yeah. 19. So uh, I was here. I went to other states, uh, like New Orleans and uh, Texas. I just traveled around okay. the U.S. and searching blues or nothing yeah, to do with music. Okay, mostly music. Yeah, but I didn't know much about which city had uh, what kind of blues, or I didn't have a lot of ideas. I was just following the guidebook that traveled. <laughs> <laughs> so I I wonder what your impressions, the first impressions you had were mm-hmm. of. Like, what were your first impressions of these cities? Like, I presume Austin? Is that yeah, one? yeah, I went to Austin. So, New Orleans, uh, in the state of Louisiana, this is what I remember. They let me in, two clubs. <laughs> of course. <laughs> maybe 18 or 19 was the... the right, each right. state has a different uh, age limit. So, somebody told me that if you go to Louisiana, you can get in. So, I, I went to a lot of clubs in... New Orleans, I remember. Had you seen a lot of live music in Japan? Uh, I saw B.B. King, Junior Wells, Boris oh, okay. Rush. Uh, whenever blues people come to Japan, I, I would go, yeah. So would you have to go to Nagoya? Yeah. How far was the Nagoya from? It's like a one-hour train oh, ride, okay. yeah. And when you saw those people, mm-hmm. what did you think? Something was very different. <laughs> That's how I felt. It's just a there were... I there I met a lot of people who were playing blues in Japan and they were good mm-hmm. and I liked to listen to them but when when I saw people like Junior Wells or Otis Rush something was completely different <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> even the one sound one guitar sound one harmonica sound one drum right hit something was so different I still don't know what it is, but it's really? just a, yeah, it's just a, has a depth. Yeah, which which makes sense. Yeah, um, that's funny. That I mean, I find it curious that you still don't know what it is. I'm still trying to hit, the, hit that one <laughs> deep note. Yeah, which I yeah I, I would presume that that's a long yeah. a lifelong pursuit. Yeah. So, you come to the states to see these things and then what were your impressions of seeing these bands in Louisiana and Austin and the big, the biggest thing was that there was music everywhere in Japan I think I got to see the live band like a few times a year oh okay uh, maybe this doesn't include the friends playing here right, and right, there right. but uh, yeah to see a live show a few times a year um I could do more, but I, there were the the music that I really liked. There were very few live music, and also people don't really 
have music in life in Japan. I, oh, I didn't uh, when I was growing up. Live music was not something that we see. Right. And then in the US, oh, my impression was that oh, music everywhere, mm-hmm. like people playing instruments all over, wherever you go. Um, that's, that's what I noticed. And then, On your first journey to the yeah. States, what were your impressions? What did you walk away with? I was here for 60 days or so in the US, and that, that wasn't long enough.、Uh, I wanted to stay here longer to listen to more music. Was it all about music? Yeah, yeah. Did、uh, you find it welcoming? Did you find it scary? Did you, like. I think everything. <laughs> yeah. Because it it's a big I mean, country, and、right. there's a big difference between New Orleans, Chicago, and. I mean, yeah. Every city, right? Right, and I didn't know the language. Oh, really? I, <laughs> I didn't. So, you didn't have English? I, so, we, we were taught how to write ABCs、right. and uh, um, how to say everyday, com- how to read and write everyday conversation stuff. So, I knew a little bit how to count one through ten and stuff like that. But,、uh, That's all I knew. <laughs> Showing people how to count at clubs just doesn't impress people.、Um, so, 60 days, you re- return home, and now you're thinking, I have to go back to the States? Yeah. So, I started studying language a little bit too. And I, I, was, I started you know, doing some work,、um, trying to save some more money so that I can visit here again. And once again, with the thought of visiting or with the thought of actually moving so, here? So,、um, I wanted to study English. The limit that I had was that I was only able to come here for 90 days if I visit with a, as a tourist、right. visa. And、uh, if I wanted to stay longer, maybe one, one, one way was to go to school. And I thought maybe I could save enough money to go to English school. Uh, in Chicago. Right. And that's what I did. So I, I, I signed up for English class, like ESL、yeah. program for one year. So then I got the visa, student visa. And, and so how did you decide on Chicago? Because they、uh, couldn't because let you. Because of the m- music, yeah.、Okay. yeah. But you hadn't really seen it. Because they wouldn't let you go into the Right. Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I also I knew that I, was, I looked at the schedule. They used to have all these schedules, and every, every day there were big name blues artists playing all over the city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was 1996. That's when I came here. And then you also went to school for music, right? Did you not study jazz? And- yeah, so that's, that's、uh, after. I finished the English program. Did you have to go back and apply for no, that? No, I、visa? didn't. I,、um, I, when I was studying English, I found out that Columbia College in Chicago, downtown Chicago, they had a、um, <laughs> music program. And、uh, I, I looked into it and it looked like I was able to study there. So、um, my parents helped me. They, they,、uh, so then I, was, I started. Studying there. Okay, so. so I switched the visa from whatever, I don't remember exactly I did, but、uh, from this school, English program to the college program. And 
did that come did learning jazz guitar and bass mm-hmm. I think yeah did that come easy to you no it wasn't I didn't <laughs> know how to read music <laughs> I didn't so I had a one year of English study but it wasn't good in enough it was enough to get into school but right. it was still hard for me to follow the lectures and also I didn't know how to read music right. so I had to learn all that um from one right from, yeah but when like how long did it take you to learn read music um it, it took me four years <laughs> <laughs> so okay so time. you did, took a four-year music program yeah and and now you the visa is extended for the whole four-year yes. period yeah and mm-hmm. are you thinking that you're going to be a musician um, so that that point I wanted to I first I wanted to stay here as long as I could right because uh, I knew eventually I had to go back because of the visa right. situation I kept studying and then if I fail one class I, they 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 take my visa away right it's a lot of pressure <laughs> so, yeah so I had to really study make sure that I don't fail right. any classes yeah then, then I, uh, at night on the weekends, I would go to the clubs and jam with people. I got to play with some people in the city, and then I, I felt, yeah, I wanted to try to play. It would be good if I could really actually play with these people. Yeah, at the for clubs. sure. Yeah, yeah. So maybe close to the graduation yeah I wanted to try my feeling was that I wanted to try as long, stay here as long as I, I could and okay so if we go back mm-hmm. to the time that you decided that you wanted to go to Columbia for music and your yeah. parents helped you yeah how, how did they feel about you pursuing music they thought oh if you want to study go to college that's fine that's I think they were thinking more about education than the music. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then by the time you finished, you, you, you were pretty convinced that this is what you wanted to do. Yeah. And how easy was that? It was not easy. The first year or so, I couldn't, I wasn't sure. But the visa, how that worked, I don't know now, but back then... You graduate from four-year college, and they, they, I got the one-year, they called it a practical training visa, that you can only work in the field right. where you, what you studied. So I got a, another year of visa. To play music. Yeah. So I decided, I couldn't do, I was not allowed to wash dishes or flip hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good ha- thing. Yeah, I just had to make money uh, playing music. Okay, so how easy was it you to be accepted into the Chicago blues scene? They were always welcome. I felt like they were, um, most of the uh, musicians, they were always welcome. Uh, I, I was able to sit in. Um, and they, they let me play a few songs and uh, eventually um, I got to play here and there with different people. Um, so you must have been to, good. Um, I, I don't know how good. Yeah, it was, it was, already it was pretty, the level, I, yeah, 
not uh, not very good, but I, I was still learning. Right. Yeah. But what you were learning at school mm -hmm. in jazz is mm -hmm. quite different from the blues. Yeah. Um, was it helpful to you? Yeah. The most the helpful thing was that uh, um, I think I learned how to practice, how to learn a song, songs quickly. Right. So that when um, this this is gonna go a little later, but when I met Eddie Clearwater, he he needed somebody to go to go on tour like two weeks later, and then he gave me three CDs. Then I learned all the all forty songs or whatever right. within those two weeks. Um, I I couldn't do that if I didn't have college. Right. Uh, study experience because right. in college I was learning songs after songs after songs so tell me can you give me a moment in your early years of jamming with people mm -hmm. that you were allowed to sit in with somebody and it yeah. just blew your mind or that that was something really special to you uh, one thing I remember I went to I was at Kingston Mines and uh, I got to sit in with J.W. Williams, he was, and the Ronnie Baker Brooks was mm -hmm. playing guitar, I remember. And then he let me play harmonica, one song, or maybe two songs. And uh, I thought I was doing okay, but I, somehow I couldn't keep up the groove. The, the, the groove they had was so strong. Nothing that I experienced before. It's kind of hard to explain, but uh, the... JW and Ronnie Baker. I don't remember the drummer or bass. I mean, the JW was the bass player. Mm -hmm. the, the the rhythm that they were playing was so strong that uh, my harmonica was just. I felt like I was just <laughs> flying around. <laughs> I I I did couldn't really keep up with what they were doing. That must. Have, so what did that teach you? Uh, the rhythm you have to not the notes but you have to learn to play right. the rhythm right don't worry about the notes so much because <laughs> in college we were mostly focused we were they were they I was taught to focus on notes and theories right and play these notes this scale here this scale there whatever but uh blues players they are all about rhythm and the groove that yeah. was a huge difference so how do you get that how do you get the groove how do you get the feel i, I don't know <laughs> that's <laughs> i still don't know i'm practicing with the metronome and just keep practicing um but, but uh, yeah because <laughs> you played with some greats uh, yeah. and i presume that once again, mm -hmm. if you're not good, I don't think you'd be playing with some of these people, or that Eddie Clearwater mm -hmm. would have said, "Come on tour with me." Yeah. So go back to that night. Right. I when I I played, I got to jam with J.W. and um, Ronnie Baker Brooks. Later on that night, um, Junior Wells showed up, and then he played. He used the same microphone that I was using, <laughs> and he sounded much stronger than even the band right so at that moment i i knew that it was not the instrument it's not the bass player who create the groove 
it's not the rhythm guitar that creates the groove. It was whoever that is playing whatever the <laughs> music has to have a strong rhythm because Junior Wells had that same strong rhythm with just uh, playing harmonica. Well, he it's, was one of the it, best. It, oh yeah, it definitely. But uh, because I used the same <laughs> microphone and I had no idea what I couldn't even keep up and then Junior came and there was no he was so strong and then that was the big lesson for me does that encourage you or does it yeah, discourage yeah. you no it I, it was just uh I didn't think I could get that level but I, I I knew that oh you have to really practice you have to learn to play in that, that kind of strong rhythm okay so you play bass you play guitar you play harmonica mm -hmm. was there a focus on was one more preferred than the other or so when I just first moved here I was mostly playing harmonica just because there were fewer harmonica players I oh, okay. and there were so many guitar players I didn't know bass much I didn't play bass back then I, I learned the bass in college so I, I was playing guitar, um, harmonica a lot in the beginning, and then in college I focused on bass and the guitar. And after graduation, I, I since then I'm playing all three, about the same amount I think. So you consider yourself all three music? Like, do you think you consider yourself more of a guitar player than a harmonica uh, player, or uh, it doesn't work that way? I think it's if I want to study a song. The guitar is the instrument that I use because it's I can learn the bass line, I can learn the melodies, I can learn the harmony, right. the rhythm, everything. But uh, when I'm actually playing with the band, it really doesn't matter to me. I'm just playing my part. So you graduate from school, you have one year to work in music. At that point, how easy are you? How easy was it to make a living? just playing music it was not easy I was going out to clubs every night that's what I decided I had I have one year visa so I'm gonna go out every night <laughs> and just go out um, Kingston Mines mostly or blues blue Chicago or there was a famous Dave's right. uh, in downtown so everywhere I was just going out at least every night and asking them, can I play? Can I jam? Let me play one song with them. And uh, I was doing that. And uh, here and there, I got, uh, I was able to play, but it was not that much. Right. Um, uh, um, and so I also started teaching. Has it always been blues? Like, I know you went to school for jazz. Yeah. Um, I know you played pop when you first started mm -hmm. like did you ever think I will do something other than blues or was no it was always the blues yeah the blues was what I wanted to play what happens after that first year and then I found this music school in Maywood Maywood is a west western suburbs here um, there was an art music school and then they hired me as a guitar teacher then that's how I got the work visa for three more years wow. or six more yeah yeah so that all happened within that it's like a, yeah I was lucky to 
find that job. Did you ever think you'd go back to Japan? Yeah, so whenever the visa expired, that's when I had to go back. I did. I was not planning to stay here without the visa. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, well, that makes sense. But, yeah. I mean, did you think that eventually you would be going back to Japan? Yeah, so I was always thinking that way. And when did that change? Oh, uh, so <laughs> I I met my wife. Right. My she's from here, so then before that three year visa ex got ex expired, <laughs> I, I married. I got married, and then uh, they got I got the green card, and okay, so visa situation, the whole thing changed after that. But if you hadn't met your wife. Right. Did you think you would go back to Japan and yeah. play music in Japan? Um, I definitely, yeah. I I was planning to go back. I knew, I thought I was going back sometime, and uh, I didn't know if I could make living just playing music and teaching music. Maybe I had to get a some different job. Right. But uh, yeah, I always wanted to play music. I know this is just imaginary, but. Mm -hmm. But if you did go back to Japan, or when you go back to Japan yeah. every couple of years, mm -hmm. does the fact that you are a Chicago blues musician, mm -hmm. does that help you get gigs? I mean, is, does that give you credibility in Japan or not? Um, yeah. So when I made the, my first CD five years ago, uh, my friend uh, set up some playing opportunities in Japan. So I got to play a little bit there. And I, some people came to right. yeah I'm not sure if I move back now I don't know if I can make a living playing right. music or maybe there's not enough places right. I know some people do that I, you know my brother who lives in Japan okay um, loves the blues and and various other forms of music but I know he was really into the blues and many many years ago there used to be a, a lot of blues musicians touring mm. Japan and they seem to do quite well yeah I don't know if that's the case anymore like I don't know if a lot of Chicago blues musicians go to Japan anymore they seem to go to Europe a lot yeah but what's do you know what the sta state of the blues is in so Japan so as much I don't know a lot but I, I, I think um, they used to have a big festival um, called Blues Festival, Japan, Japan Blues Festival. Or right. something. Um, they would hire a few bands and tour all over yeah. uh, Japan. And um, that's when I saw Junior Wells and Otis Rush and Buddy Guy and BB King. They were all on this, this right. festival once a year. And I got to go to Japan with Eddie 2006. Okay, so what was that like? It was nice. There were, there were four big cities. They yeah. took us. But for you, like, what did that? Well, it must have been something else to be going back to Japan, <laughs> playing guitar for Eddie Clearwater. Yeah. Um, yeah, my my friends and family came to see. <laughs> <laughs> your your parents said, "Oh, thank God, that investment was worth it." Yeah, but at the same time, I was a bass player and. Oh, okay. uh, um, Eddie is the main actor, right. and uh, yeah, I, d I was not trying to, <laughs> I'm just playing the, yeah, yeah. Uh, just to 
every other show the same way, just playing bass. Okay, so you initially start, and your goal is to become a sideman for different musicians. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the fact that Eddie hired you, mm-hmm. and you worked with him for how many years? 15 years or so. That's that's pretty impressive. So tell me about that. Or I know you've worked with other people, but was Eddie the first one that you're actual band member? Um, so yeah, um, there were other bands that that I um, played before that, but right. uh, they were all um, people who have day jobs and they play on the weekends. You right. know, there are a lot of blues musicians who are. Uh, like that still yeah there's nothing wrong with it it's just they they keep day jobs and play on the weekends and so they don't have a lot of shows right mm-hmm. they, they play a few times a month um, yeah that I was playing with those people and and then when I started playing with Eddie and then that became full-time how did that happen so Eddie used to have a club. Right. I don't know if you remember. Um, it's on Milwaukee Avenue. Right. It's yeah. called the Reservation Blues, and uh, that was it uh, was a nice place. They had a jam session every Sunday night. I remember, and I would go there, of course, every Sunday. Right. Um, um, and uh, I I met Eddie, and Eddie's drummer, then Merle Perkins. Um, I met him, and uh, somehow one day they, Eddie needed a bass player, and then he, the, the drummer called me to ask me if I was interested or available, and of course I said yes, and I called Eddie up. What did that mean to you? Before that, I, I had a few times, I, I played with John Primer or other, some a few other people that were playing but uh, um, it all happens a few times and then it doesn't mean that I get to play with them become a member of the band right so I was not I was very excited inside about Eddie Clearwater band but at the same time I I wasn't sure maybe I do this one show then that might be it so I'll just do the best I could I just decided to spend every minute studying his songs and at what point did you know that you were part of the band um we had a oh maybe maybe um he gave me the whole schedule for the summer and then um he said that he was he asked me to plan to do all that so then okay uh, <laughs> that was exciting yeah yeah that is so cool. Tell me what you learned from Eddie. The first time in 1996, the first time I came, I bought a Living Blues magazine. Mm-hmm. I remember the first magazine was the Eddie's. Eddie was on the cover, and I still had it. And uh, um, I I had a few a few of his CDs, but uh, for some reason, Eddie Clearwater is. People focus. This is what I felt. Uh, people focus on him as a Chuck Berry mm-hmm. style player, or like Indian headdress stage performance. Right. All that is great. I I like it too. But uh, 
what I didn't know was he he is a really a blue, blues player. He plays blues and he sings blues and he knows a lot of blues standards, traditional blues songs from the 50s and 60s. And uh, when we were on the t festivals and stuff, he would play his songs from the album, um, some of the Chuck Berry style songs. Um, or the stage rock and roll performance yeah, with yeah. the headdress on. That's all great. He he plays the guitar on his head. Uh, but uh, when he is playing in Chicago at clubs like Kingston Mines, Blues on Blues, or his own club, mm -hmm. there was a club in Evanston called the Bills Blues. We were there once a month for a while. When we do that, he would play a lot of blues, old blues songs, and uh, I, I, every time we played, um, he would play something new to me, new, new that that I've never played before, mm. and uh, he didn't learn blues by reading books or liner notes or listening to CDs. He knew all these songs by watching actual players play or from the radio. Right. Uh, so when we were traveling, we list. I I like to play blues CDs in the van when I'm driving, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Eddie would listen to those songs and say he started. He 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 has all kinds of stories that he can tell us about whatever the artist that right. we are listening to and uh, that was just uh, I should have taken notes or something like you can write a whole book yeah, whatever sure. he, uh, he had so many different interesting stories so w that's what I learned blues is not just you know you can't really learn by reading books or listening to the records only some somehow people like Eddie he learned it by listening watching mm -hmm. well jamming. much like yourself you know yeah, I mean every yeah. if you go out every year <laughs> for say every night for a whole year mm -hmm. you know and and I presume seeing all sorts mm -hmm. of musicians yeah the amount of blues and the amount of uh, music that you take you must have taken in and somehow been uh -huh. affected by that. Yeah. That's that's a lot of music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with what I <laughs> what I I really appreciate what I got to do. Mm -hmm. But it was 2002. Yeah. That's when I graduated. Um, and uh, yeah, there was still a lot of blues great players that I got to see. Uh, but um, um a lot of uh, blues then was slightly different than what Eddie <laughs> mm -hmm. used to listen to in clubs. Because right. he was hanging out. He was really there when Muddy Waters and Magic Sam and Freddie King, yeah. they were playing in clubs. But even since 2002 yeah. to now, I mean, things have changed mm -hmm. drastically. Right. How do you yeah. see the blues scene today? I still like the I I like the same kind of music. 
I, it hasn't hasn't changed. I still like Robert Johnson right. and Muddy Waters and Howling Wolf. The first three cassette tapes that I <laughs> got, uh, I still like the same music and uh, and more music, traditional Chicago blues. That's what I like. Um, yeah, it's harder to find that kind of music nowadays. I I believe uh, in clubs in clubs right. in Chicago. People play these songs. Uh, people play Muddy Waters. People play Jimmy Reed, Howling Wolf. But they they want to do their own arrangement, right? right? It, there's nothing wrong with it. It's of course they don't want to just copy, right? So it, it's good. And some people really do really good job covering these traditional blues songs. And but uh, at the same time, I um, I I still like the old. Yeah. Style. But okay, so I presume that the albums that you recorded, yeah, um, the first one plus the new one that's coming out, yeah. I know the new one is a tribute to Eddie, yeah. But your music yourself, yeah, that you do is more the traditional, yeah. Blues. Does that make it more difficult for you to get gigs, or does it matter? Well, the thing is, I don't. <laughs> I almost never book gigs. I'm still a sideman, okay. right? So what made you do an album? What, so what was the thinking behind doing a solo album? Okay, so this is... Um, I, was, so I was playing with Eddie mostly, but also when we were not touring, I would just play, go out and play with other people. Right. And uh, I met Irving Helfer, uh, Catherine Davis, Willie Buck, um, and there's another guy, Milwaukee Slim. I met those people in small places. Right. And then sometimes there's nobody there. They're just playing really good music. There were five people listening. Yeah. And I really wanted, and I got to jam with those people. And I really wanted to record that. It was, I, the idea came in 2014 or 2015. Um, like we were talking about if you go to clubs Buddy Guys Legends and Kingston Mines yeah. you can hear blues but they have their own style and they mix with some of the dance tunes so people can dance okay. that's good I, I like that too but uh, when I saw Catherine Davis and Irwin Halfer play blues in these small places and there were a few people listening. That was, I thought that was really, really good. Uh, just uh, something was so, I, I thought I wanted more people to know that there are people playing right. that kind of blues. So that's, that, that was the reason that I wanted to record. A, it's not, it, my name is on it. It's really, my CD is not my, my music. What I did was I booked the studio and uh, invited those people to come and then just played like we always play. Right. And we ended up with 30 or 40 songs. Wow. But I, then we picked, uh, I just picked the ones for the album. When you think of blues, I, I know it's not easy to just say one thing. But you, with Eddie, you've played a lot of festivals in front of large crowds. Yeah, yeah. But you talk, you, you talk longingly about watching these people 
playing in front of a handful of people. Yeah. Like, is that more like the blues to you than a big festival show? I don't know if they, if I have to, if I choose to listen to maybe, it's kind of hard to know. I think, I feel like、uh, the music from the 50s, when Muddy Waters recorded, or、um, when Lil Walter recorded blues songs. They were probably mostly playing, playing the songs that they would always play. Right. But now I feel like all the new albums that are coming out, people are rehearsing more. There's nothing wrong with the rehearsing,、right. but、uh, it's just making different arrangement intentionally.、Uh, it doesn't sound like what they play every night. Maybe I'm answering different. Questions, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. But、uh, I, I know what you mean.、Mm-hmm. Yeah.、Um, when Eddie passed away, it、yeah. must have been quite a shock to you. Yeah.、Um, and probably changed your life a bit.、Uh-huh. Yeah. What did you think you should do at that point? He was,、uh, a, he was very strong. So he was 83.、Yeah. Um, I didn't, I thought he would play 10 more years or so and then retire. Whatever, that's what I was thinking. And then,、um, but at the same time, Eddie was 80, over 80 years、mm-hmm. old. So in my head, you know, it's not going to last forever. I, I, I knew that it wasn't going to be a forever thing. So your question was, What, uh, so, what, do, what does one do when you're in a band for 15 years、uh-huh. and all of a sudden that opportunity is gone? So, the job wise, I, I knew that I could just play with somebody else.、Um, is it that in, simple? In term,、uh, well, it's not like I can't go out and find another band on、right. that day. But、uh, yeah, I, because Eddie was slowing down his gigs. Year by year. So when I started, we were traveling a lot. But the last few years, Eddie was taking winter off.、Right. He didn't want to travel in the winter. And then summer, we, he, he, he would only take big festivals. So gigs were slowing down anyway. So I was playing with other people. So、um, I knew that I could play with other people.、Right. Yeah, I just. But I still I was a、um, member of Eddie Clearwater Band. And uh, uh, yeah, that changed because there's no longer Eddie Clearwater Band.、Yeah. And, but I still feel like it's the same. I'm still a member of Eddie Clearwater Band. So、yeah. this album that you did,、yeah. that's coming out、yeah. next month, is a tribute to Eddie and it features a lot of the players of、yeah. this band. Yeah. And what would you like people to get from this album? It、um, also features Eddie, too, right? Yeah, so th- the first album we made, Eddie recorded eight songs, and I got, only got to use four of them in the first album,、right. just because I wanted to balance.、Uh, but、uh, the other four, the new songs, not the new, but、uh, the other four songs that、uh, Eddie's songs are really good, too. It's really s- strong. Recorded, yes, recordings. So that's the main reason that I wanted to make the new album so people can listen to this, these four songs. Now, I know Eddie's not around, but can you tour on this? 
Well, can you get gigs on this? I'm not planning to tour Wait. as the Eddie Clearwater band. Okay. But, uh, um, yeah, we may do some s- shows here in the Chicago um, as a CD release event. Right. So, yeah, and invite people to play Eddie's music. Right. Yeah. Well, that's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. How long had you had this in mind? This album? Yeah. Or, um, it took me uh, over a uh, year. We recorded last January. We recorded other trucks in January, and then I was doing mixing and mastering and doing all that. It took me one whole year to finish, almost. So I have to ask, from that little kid who got the three cassette tapes of blues, yeah. to the guy who's now living in Chicago, who's played and toured the world with Eddie Clearwater, mm-hmm. and who plays with a lot of different blues musicians, is it similar to what you thought it would be, or is it totally different than what you thought it would be? It's definitely different. I had no idea. I didn't think I was really... I don't know if that was what I wanted. I wanted to (laughs) become a musician or professional blues musician back then. I just wanted to learn how it was, what it was. I'm still, so that part, I'm still the same. I just want to learn more. Because there, there are a lot of things that I don't understand about the blues. Can you explain that? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Some, some songs are really good, and some songs are, uh, I'm not, uh, some songs, uh, some people play really good, but some people don't who don't play as good sounds better to me, hmm. and I don't know where that what that is. Uh, it's not always the technique or uh, pitch or the arrangement and stuff. It's more about people, I guess. Uh, some people I like some people singing or playing music more than other people. Right, and. If you ask me to explain how and why, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I want to learn. That's what I want to know. What what makes difference? Everybody is so different. There's a weird quality to music, like the feel, yeah. and, and that's not easily quantifiable. Mm-hmm. It's not just how the note sounds, mm-hmm. but it's something from within the musician, I mm-hmm. think. And I'm not sure how one learns that. Some people seem to have it. Yeah. and other people don't mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if the people who have it can explain to you how it's done right one thing I noticed was that Eddie Clearwater he didn't he wasn't trying to play better than another guy well, he wasn't trying to play better than that guy or this person or whoever played before him he was just always him he just played his music and mm-hmm. he had always smile on his face he didn't really um, I don't think he had even thought of that oh I wanted to practice more so I could get better or anything like that he just had a music and he wanted to he just played that music and that is something I can't do <laughs> it's really hard for us to do but you still practice a lot yeah do you think that will eventually lead to maybe the, <laughs> getting that? I don't know. Um, I have my melodies that I like to play, and uh, maybe some people 
eventually like it or not i don't know but i don't wanna so that's what i learned from eddie that i shouldn't be trying to do everything i could just to beat another guy or play better than that guy or this guy uh i should just play the music i i like well, i'm gonna wrap this up okay i want to thank you for doing this um tell me what the blues has meant to you <laughs> I know that it's not solely for the blues that you moved to Chicago, mm-hmm. but it played a big part of yeah. why you're here yeah. and why you remain here, yeah. which is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. What does the blues mean to you personally? I'm a blues fan. I play blues as much as, as good as I can, but uh, um, it's just I'm a, still a big blues fan. I really like to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And because I like to listen to it, I like to play it too. And uh, I want more people to like it or listen to it. And then that's why I want to play so people can listen to um, so There's something about playing live music. When you see somebody playing that same music live, somehow it's it's more powerful than listening on Spotify or whatever YouTube mm-hmm. so that's why I, I want to really still play in front of people um, and then if they feel something it, even though it's mostly it's not my music I don't feel like it's my music blues is something uh, bigger than that mm-hmm. it's just a, a lot of great blues musicians they they played before me I'm just playing that sound that I like but um, if if somebody's listening and hear that and oh that's good and then they go back and listen to Eddie Clearwater or Muddy Waters um, that's that's good that that's good for me I, because that I I still listen to blues all the time. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for doing this. It's a real pleasure meeting you. Thank you.